Having traveled to seven different countries in the past six months, one question I am constantly asked is how do you afford that? People always tell me they would love to travel but don't have the money. Well, my friends, today is your lucky day because not being able to afford vacations is no longer an excuse. No, I'm not a trust fund or a sugar baby. I just use World Packers, and now you can too. World Packers is the safest community for travel and volunteering. With World Packers, I can explore, collaborate, and make an impact going virtually anywhere for basically nothing. All I do is type in a location and browse listings. With homestays and hostels to social causes or animal care, I choose my interests and apply to a variety of hosts. You can even read reviews and hear other World Packers experiences to determine if it's a good fit. Just enter your desired dates and apply. It's quick, simple, and saves tons of cash so that you could put the money you'd have spent on accommodation and food towards your flight. World Packers has been an awesome way for me to make connections, meet new people, go on endless adventures, and learn about myself. I used it to stay one month in Albania, and who knows where I'm heading next. Try it yourself, create an account, and use code Coletti to save $10 today. That's C-O-L-L-E-T-T-I to take $10 off today. World Packers, where will you go next? I'm your host today, Lauren Coletti. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode This week is the last week of September, and I had initially planned to release a different podcast I recorded last week, but I was thinking a lot, as I do, (laughs) and I realized that September is Suicide Awareness Month, and this is going to be a very triggering episode, so if anyone is a survivor of suicide, loss, or attempt or it is a touchy subject, I would suggest closing out of this now. You all know I really like to keep it 100% authentic, real, and raw, and I'm very vulnerable in sharing my own personal struggles, which I've felt shame about in the past because as someone that is a psychologist soon to be, I felt like I can't be mentally ill and be a psychologist at the same time. That was my own shadow. But now I've since lost the shame in that and think I am going to be the best psychologist that I can be because of my own history of overcoming severe mental illness to the point where I was told I wouldn't be able to make anything of my life. And now I don't even identify with having mental illness, my friends. It is curable. It is. It is possible to get rid of mental illness, depending on the disorder, of course. If you would have told me that five years ago, I wouldn't believe you because I was very, very sick. So in honor of Suicide Awareness Month, I want to share my story of being a survivor of suicide and hopefully inspire other people who are in the depths of despair to keep going and choose life for yourself. And also I'm gonna be tying this into my coaching because as a manifestation mentor, I get really frustrated in the law of attraction space because I find as people that have complex trauma, it's not as simple as thinking positively and boom, your dream car shows up or Uh, meditating on positive affirmations every day and bam, your dream partner is right in front of you. I find that for people that don't have substantial trauma, it is 
easier to manifest because they don't have that deeply woven subconscious limiting beliefs that many survivors of trauma after trauma after trauma, particularly childhood trauma, when the neurology of our brain is biologically developing, it just comes faster. So that's going to be a whole nother podcast episode. Perhaps I'm even going to write a blog on this manifestation for trauma survivors, survivors of trauma, because I think it's a little bit more complex and complicated. It's definitely possible. I'm figuring out this, you know, the secret sauce myself. And I'm going to weave that into my three-step formula for my 12-week coaching program. So stay tuned on updates for that. Again, it is very much possible, but we just got to do a little bit, a little bit of uh, some extra digging here uh, to really break through those dynamics, those uh, limiting beliefs that we developed as a result of our trauma. I would highly recommend doing this alongside of a licensed mental health professional. I know myself, I'm an EMDR and I'm finding it substantially beneficial to get into the brain, my big, beautiful brain. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Do you feel frustrated, discouraged, unfulfilled, and burned out? Do you have a yearning for a life that is so much more? Are you sick and tired of hearing rich gurus shell out advice on the law of attraction, but it seems no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get the life you know you deserve? Well, listen up, boo, because I have been there too. That's why I am so excited to introduce the launch of my new 12-week coaching program, Write Your Reality. Write Your Reality is a three-month total transformation where you'll be working one-on-one with me to consciously create the reality of your dreams. Maybe you've tried everything but can't seem to make any headway. That's where I come in as your accountability partner, manifestation mentor, psychological expert, and self-help coach. I will take you through 12 weeks of personalized sessions to revamp your self-perception, improve your self-concept, unlearn your old identity, and make huge shifts towards creating the life you've always envisioned. With proven psychological tools, metaphysical techniques, custom-tailored feedback, and radical honesty, you can take my hand and I will teach you how to align with the highest, unlimited, best version of you. Log on to lmcoletti.com to send me a message and we will get started on writing your new reality together. I don't find talking about my trauma too helpful anymore. There was a point in my life where I was so identified with my trauma. This is kind of what I was talking about moments ago with the, the coaching and LOA, Law of Attraction. I became someone that just all I would think about, talk about was trauma. I was a traumatized person. I was a survivor of trauma. I was a victim of trauma, trauma this, trauma that. And it became so emerged, emerged, enmeshed, merged and enmeshed in my identity that it was like a badge of honor that I wore. And now, especially that I'm processing it through bilateral stimulation with a, a licensed therapist, I really don't find that it um, serves me anymore to really talk about my trauma unless someone else is going to gain or benefit from it as in this episode. So that's why I'm going to do a little bit of sharing. I, again, don't find it 
uh, super helpful anymore to focus on my past. Now I just want to create a new future for myself. Now I just want to focus on moving forward. But for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to share and hopefully offer a few key takeaways for people that are like I said, in the depths of depression or really struggling right now or have a loved one that is suicidal. Now, ethically, as a psychologist, I need to say this, that you need to call 911 if you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of hurting themselves or someone else. Please reach out to your nearest emergency room, go to your local mental health center, seek the guidance of a licensed mental health clinician such as a psychiatrist or a licensed professional counselor or something of that sort if you have thoughts of hurting yourself please do not rely on a podcast to be your lifeline please do not take uh, an instagram quote from a stranger off the internet as mental health advice instagram my podcast these are all for entertainment purposes only so please if someone you know is struggling with suicidal ideation if you are having thoughts of hurting yourself or someone else you need to get help and i'm gonna link the national suicide hotline in the show notes because help is available it's just a call or a text away and you need to act now not later okay i know a lot of people want to be strong quote unquote they have a lot of reservation around asking for help or i could do this by myself it's okay to get help it's okay to not be able to do it by yourself okay so i just had to Say that for ethical um, purposes. All right. Moving forward now, common sense, but we got to get it out of the way. So when I was younger, by the age of six, I was dissociating heavily. I used to think that I just had a big imagination. And my favorite thing to do as a young child was to just lay on my bed for hours and fantasize about a different life. I don't think professionally speaking that that's healthy for a six-year-old to hate themselves and that's why I titled this podcast PhD in self-hatred because we're actively taking steps to hating ourselves less and loving ourselves more but by eight years old I was convinced something was wrong with me and by the age of 12 I was suicidal by the age of 13 I started cutting myself and by the age of 14 I had bulimia The first time that I thought about taking my own life, I was in high school. My first boyfriend, he had told me, Lauren, you're too ugly to be seen with in person. I'm just so embarrassed to associate with you that I'll text you, I'll call you, but I can never hang out with you where other people could possibly see us. I think I was 14 years old at the time. When I was 15, my father died, and by 16 years old, multiple times a week, on top of burning myself, throwing up, things like that, I would put a bunch of pills in my mouth and try to swallow them because I was in so much pain that I just thought the only way out was to die. By 17 years old, I was in an inpatient eating disorder center for my purging, And the first time I was hospitalized was 2013. I had severe acne and mind you, I already had pretty bad body dysmorphia at this point in time. And I had been sexually assaulted at 18 and I was in my first abusive relationship at 17. So by 19, 
it was very difficult to say the least. And I had been prescribed Seroquel because I was told that I had a mood disorder amongst so many other things, social anxiety, all this stuff. And I kept saving up my Seroquel each night, night after night, until I had about 30 pills. And I swallowed them. And I woke up the next day, like 36 hours later or something. I obviously didn't die. Thank God. I'm so happy to be alive. I'm so grateful for my life. But I woke up the next day. I had therapy the next day. And I was like, I, I slept for so long, so deep. And I told my therapist about what happened. And she obviously, as a mandated reporter, doing her due diligence, she did a good job. She put me into the mental hospital. Now, I had a great time in the mental hospital. I mean, I met some of my best friends in the mental hospital. Wouldn't recommend getting into a relationship. I've had many mental hospital relationships. Would not recommend. But... um I remember getting the tattoo that I'm looking at on my wrist. It has a yellow bird flying out of a cage. And I had initially gotten it because I had such bad self-harm scars. Thankfully, they've all faded now. I had such bad self-harm scars that I wanted to put something over it. And I got this tattoo, actually, um, I want to say like seven years ago in September. And I remember being released from the hospital and... I felt frustrated that I was still here. I, I felt discouraged. I felt like my life was a complete and total shit show and a joke and a waste. And I feel really so much compassion for my 19 year old self because she was confused. She was lost. She was, she felt alone. I had just lost my best friend at the time because after I was assaulted my first semester of college, my anxiety got so bad. I got PTSD and I couldn't be the friend that they needed me to be obviously so we went in in our separate ways in separate directions and I don't remember really having many friends at this point in time I was working at Rite Aid I hated myself and I was just like okay I just need more medicine I just need more therapy I just need to get by okay so two years pass and now I'm 21 and by the point I was 21 I had gotten out of my abusive relationship. I was, I was trying to date. This was when around the time of Tinder came out when I was like 20. I think Tinder came out when I was 19 or 20. And I had met a couple guys. I really liked them. They ghosted me. I blamed myself. I said, oh, it's probably because I'm so hideous that none of these guys want a relationship with me. Um, I remember I was seeing this guy. His name was Andre. He was Colombian. <laughs> and... He had a girlfriend the whole time that we were together. And when I found out about the girlfriend, I confronted him about it. He told me I was crazy, that he studied, he learned about people like me in his psychology class. And I just grew to resent myself even more because I used to take people's opinions of me to face value. I thought that what other people thought of me mattered and it was a, it displayed who I was. It wasn't who they were. So obviously all these bad experiences with guys who I was attracting from a place of low self-esteem, it led me to 
have even less self-worth than I possibly could have already had. I mean, I had no self-worth at all. Literally. I'm not even going to say I had low self-worth. I literally had no self-worth. I did not think I was deserving of anything. I didn't even think thought I deserved life. Okay. I wanted to die. If you would have asked me what my number one wish was, it was to not wake up the next morning. I had severe depression and a bunch of other stuff. So when I was 21, my sister set me up on a blind date. And this is so energetic. Like you can't even make the shit up. Okay. I got set up on a blind freaking date, my friends. And I attracted someone that was a legitimate clinical sociopath. Like I hate the term narcissist because it's so overused. There's a 99% chance you are not in the in a relationship with a narcissist because there's only a fucking 1% chance that someone's a narcissist because that is statistically the number of people that are narcissists in this world. One fucking percent. I am so tired of hearing the term narcissist thrown around, but whatever. We all know this already. <laughs> I was in a relationship with a clinical psychopath, okay? And as in one year, when I'm a psychologist, I will be able to say that affirmatively. But I dated this person for two years, and it was the most horrific relationship of my entire life. How I manifested this was just serendipitous because I again, hated myself so much. I was so abusive to myself that it's no wonder that my sister would set me up with a stranger that hated themselves so much that they took out their abuse on me. They were a mirror reflection of all the ways I abused myself. And so this relationship was really a breaking point for my life. I mean, it was... it. It was a horror story. My first book I ever wrote was about this. It was so abusive that I didn't think I was going to survive. Really. If he didn't kill me, I was going to kill myself. I had to drop out of school because I was so sick physically. I got cancer from this fucking relationship. I, I got a traumatic brain injury. Okay. I had severe gastritis because of the stress and the inflammation going on in my body. And that's not even the worst part. The worst part was being verbally, emotionally, sexually, physically abused every day. And I had to go to a domestic violence center during this period of time. And I remember telling my therapist at the time, her name was Jessica. She was an intern for social work. She was an angel. I haven't sent Jessica. Telling her... I used to journal a lot and she said, Lauren, you should really write a book someday. It's going to help so many survivors of domestic violence. And I turned it into my first book. So thank you, Jessica. <laughs> and I remember taking a homicide scale questionnaire. And perhaps I'll dive into this more next month is October, uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I scored the highest score of homicide risk that you're at risk of your partner murdering you at 21 years old when everyone else was fucking partying in college going to you know classes oh am i gonna be murdered by my fucking boyfriend today like guys it was really bad it was really really bad and that's why i never i, I never got to experience my early 20s like everyone else and now at the ripe age of 29 i feel like i'm 
where everyone was when they were 21 and kind of like traveling and going on adventures and exploring the world. Like I'm doing that now because I have my life back. I was so power. I felt I was never powerless. We are never, ever powerless. My friends, we give our power away. Our power is not something that somebody can take from us. It's something that we choose to give, whether we know it or not, whether we want to admit it or not. I was never powerless. I gave my power away because I didn't feel empowered. I didn't see my power. I didn't know I had power. And so I let someone control me. And I ended up in the hospital in 2016 because, once again, I tried to take my own life because I thought that was the only way I could escape the relationship. And so, long story short, the last time I was hospitalized, which I'm happy to say was 2018 and I went to the train tracks and I was gonna jump in front of the train. I literally drove to the train tracks. I remember it like it was yesterday and it was a rainy day and I'm sitting there and I get out of the car and I hear the train coming and I didn't do it, obviously. (laughs) There was people there And I'm like, fuck, I'm traumatized, but I don't want to traumatize all these people. Like, I don't want to ruin their lives because I hate mine. I didn't want people to see me take my own life. Granted, I could have gone to a secluded area or some shit, but I don't fucking know. But what I want to end this with is I felt so ashamed of myself for not jumping in front of the train. I felt like the biggest pussy. I was like, Lauren, you're such a coward. You, you can't even succeed. You're like, you're such a failure, Lauren. You, you can't even kill yourself right. That's how I felt. And I told my psychologist the next day, Alyssa, she was, she was a PhD student uh, studying for psychology. And I told her, and again, I was institutionalized in the inpatient facility. And I remember Alyssa telling me, because I was diagnosed with bipolar, borderline, all this shit. She said, Lauren, do you think you could be a psychologist and have bipolar disorder? And I was like, no, like something's seriously wrong with me. I'll never, I'll, I'll never be able to do it. And I had gone back to school at that point in time. But I felt like such a low life because I, I, was older than everyone in my classes and I was behind because I had to drop out of school because of how sick I was. And I was always in hospitalization programs, always in outpatient programs, things like that. And Alyssa told me that she struggled with mental illness and look at her. Now she's, now, now the bitch is a clinical psychologist. I'm so proud of her. And she was around my age when she helped me, when she saved my life. And I don't have bipolar disorder. I don't have borderline personality disorder. I don't identify with having any mental disorder anymore. I went from being on 10 different medications at some point for my brain to now only being on one and I'm titrating off. I'm on the lowest possible dose. And I went from being in therapy three days a week to now having therapy once or twice a month if I need it with EMDR. And I'd say that is a, uh, that's a success, my friends. And the same goes for you because there was a point in time I didn't even think I'd graduate with my bachelor's degree. And then I went on to get my master's and my PhD now. 
in my dissertation. I'm in my fucking disserta dissertation, guys. That is a huge accompli accomplishment. Never let someone tell you that you can't achieve something because of the circumstances that you were dealt, the cards that you were dealt. Don't matter. Your circumstances, your situations right now, if they're less than ideal, if you're not happy with them, they don't fucking matter. They're temporary. I know the pain is so deep. It feels like it's going to kill you and rip you open. I know some days that it hurts to even open your eyes and greet another day. I know how it feels for life to feel like a curse. And you're like, why the fuck am I here? I don't want to be here anymore. I know what it's like to feel helpless. And I know what it's like to feel hopeless about your future. To feel like you are nothing. You are the scum of the earth. I know what that feels like to feel like your own worst enemy and look in the mirror and hate what you see despise the eyes looking back at you in the mirror and i know what it's like to feel like you're so unloved no one would care if you would disappear you're worthless that you have no value and you're like why was i born i know and i'm telling you that's a lie it's not true the way other people treat you they disrespect you, they hurt you, they abuse you, they discard you, they betray you. That shit is not a reflection of you. Sure, it's a reflection of the standards you have for yourself because if you feel that way about yourself, no one is gonna treat you like you're a queen or a princess or a king or whatever the fuck. If you don't like yourself, how do you expect other people to like you? Like it sounds so cliche, but it's true. I am so happy that I am here today. Sure, my life is so not perfect. There's really difficult days. I've had so many challenges this last year. Life is hard sometimes, really. But I make an active decision to love myself every day now. Never again will I allow a man to disrespect me actively every day and choose to stay with him. Never again will I abandon myself in the name of love. Never again will I betray myself so that I think somebody is choosing me and I don't lose them. If you cannot see my worth, I don't want you in my fucking life. I have so much value, I should not have to convince someone of it. I deserve love, respect, abundance, joy. I deserve everything good in the world. You know why? Because I am so fucking good and so are you. You shouldn't have to show someone why you're worthy of being chosen. You shouldn't have to beg someone to treat you with respect. And honestly, I'm at a point in my life where if someone doesn't see what a catch I am, it's a huge fucking turnoff. Because obviously, you got to go get your eyes fixed. Something's wrong with you, okay? Like, it doesn't... The worst part of it, the worst part of being in a relationship, a toxic relationship, an unhealthy relationship, whatever the fuck you want to call it, it's not that person doing the bare minimum. It's not the settling for less. It's you choosing to stay in a place where you're not honored or worshipped. Because you will look back in a month, a year, however long, and you'll be like, why the fuck did I allow someone to treat me like that? What kind of crack was I smoking? If we don't accept ourselves... Nobody else will accept us. 
It'll be like this hamster wheel. And I decided to finally get off that damn hamster wheel because I was getting tired. I was getting so sick and fed up of my bullshit, of my sob story, of playing the victim, of being addicted to my miserable narrative that I told myself. I was literally addicted to the dialogue I had in my head of me saying, oh, everything sucks. My life sucks. This sucks. It's so hard. Oh, oh. I was so negative. I'm just like, Yo, I wouldn't want to be around someone like that anymore. I can't be around negative people anymore. Because when everything seems to be going wrong, I look at, oh, this could be something going right. Like if I didn't get a job I want, I say, oh, it wasn't meant to be. I missed my train. I'm like, oh, probably saved me from getting stabbed on the bus or something. Like we have to start believing in what we cannot yet see and trusting the universe or having faith in God, whatever you want to do. I prayed the other night. I did. I said, mm, God, universe, whatever. I feel a little stuck right now. I'm struggling. Please show me the way. I trust I'm supported. I trust you will provide for me. I just want some clarity and guidance. I feel so held now. I feel so fortunate. I feel so blessed. And I want you to know, I don't know you. I am so grateful you are alive. I am so thankful for you. Yes, I'm talking to you. You are inherently valuable. You are literally God in human form. You are love itself. But I know it can be hard to see, especially when circumstances are adverse. So my friends, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to say this. Emotions come and go. Please breathe. Please sit with it. The darkness will not destroy you if you don't let it. You are not damaged because of your past. You are not broken because of the skeletons in your closet. You have that much more depth to you, that much more to offer. Allow your pain to become your purpose. Transmute your pain into something beautiful. And I do this by trying to help myself so that I can help other people. Take care of yourself. Have some water. Take a shower, boo. Take that damn shower. I promise you'll feel so much better. The brighter we shine, the darker our shadows are. You know that? And I don't look at my past as, oh, this is like now a heavy burden I have to carry. I choose to let it go. I choose to release it. I choose to forgive the situation. Forgive yourself. You're wonderful. I hope that you choose to stay another day. I really, really do. Because... The world is a better place with you in it. I used to not feel like that. I believe that with my whole heart, 100%. The world is a better place because I exist. And I want that for you. I'm sending you the biggest fucking hug. I just want to squeeze you. I love you so much, okay? Maybe you don't believe in yourself yet. I believe in you. If I can do it, anybody can. You are so much stronger than you think. You really, really are. You are. Oh my God, you are. 
but please go to therapy if you're not yet. <laughs> really, if you're in a serious situation where you're like on the fence, please talk to someone. I've, I've talked to someone. I've done it. I've called so many hotlines, really. Even if you just need someone to talk to. People are there. People care. People want to help you. Okay? And if you are getting therapy and help and you just need a little extra boost, you can inquire with me about coaching to work in tandem alongside of these things for a little bit of extra support, motivation, accountability, and a hand to guide you on the way. You can and you will get there. I promise you. <laughs> 